Entrepreneur MBA podcast purpose is to help existing business owners grow their companies past the $10 million in revenue per year benchmark. Here is your host, Stephen Halasnik. Welcome, everyone. My name is Stephen Halasnik, and I am co-founder of Financing Solutions. For those of you who do not know about Financing Solutions, we provide easy-to-set-up lines of credit for small businesses. And I will be your host for today's Entrepreneur MBA podcast. If you are interested in learning more about our business line of credit program, please visit us at fscreditline.com. That's FS as in Financing Solutions, creditline.com. Over the last 25 years, I have built six companies in the $5 million to $25 million range, including two companies on the Inc. 500 fastest growing companies in the United States. I love learning from people with business experience, and today I'm very excited to be speaking with Vince Warnock from Chasing Insight, Chasing the Insights. Vince is an award-winning marketing and visibility coach, author and host of the Chasing the Insights podcast. Previously CMO at Cigna, Vince has founded multiple companies, including ATG Publishing, Kanji Club at NFTs, the Christmas Ninjas, and Chasing the Insights, where he empowers entrepreneurs and business owners to get seen, get published, and position themselves as a thought leader that they are. Vince, welcome to today's Entrepreneur MBA podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me here, Stephen. I was just loving your funky uh, intro music, man. I was bopping away to it. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's funny when I see guests on it, they they all bop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that you music, help it. I know. <laughs> you know the, the idea is that businesses is always about grinding. You're always grinding. You're always working hard. And that's, you know, that's what that music is for. So, uh so today's topic that we're going to discuss is opening doors and profit for your business by being an author. Now, uh, you're actually the third guest that I've had that has covered this topic in the four years that I've been doing the podcast. Um, so uh, the reason why I raised that is I think it was a year or two before my first podcast. So five years now, the idea of being an author uh, to drive business uh uh, came about, uh, in my opinion, I know because I did it right. I, I came out, I was a, a, a publisher. I'm, I'm sorry. I was a published in a book. I mean, I wrote a chapter in a book, a large chapter. And, uh, you know, the whole idea was that a book is the, was the calling card of, uh, the, what, you, what a business card used to be. So uh, what has changed in that whole idea? I mean, some of our listeners are certainly new to the idea of becoming a publisher, uh, an author, yeah. uh, as, as a way to, to drive business uh, and notoriety or, and uh, authenticity. Uh, but what has changed in this topic or in this whole area in the last five years? I, th I think the main thing that's changed, Stephen, is the accessibility to it. Um, people are starting to realize. I, I remember, I still remember before I wrote my first book, um, a friend of mine, he was heading off from here in New Zealand, where I'm based, over to New York to set up an agency there. And before he left, he said, oh, man, I'll come down. We'll grab a pint. We'll sit down. We'll say goodbye and all this kind of stuff. So I got to spend some good quality time for him. And he just dropped this bombshell in that meeting. I'm sitting there halfway through a pint, and he goes, oh, by the way, I've published a book. And I was like, wait, 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 what? Like, oh my goodness, this is awesome, man. I need to get a copy of it. And he turned around and he said, oh, I wouldn't bother. It's rubbish. 
I said, oh, I thought he was just being the typical Kiwi, you know, like talk yourself down, all this kind of stuff. And I said, oh, you can't say that. And he goes, no, no, I did this as a social experiment. He said, it really is just something I whipped together. He did 365 days of free marketing tips. And every single, like some of them in there were ridiculous, man. It's like put a, put a sandwich board on and stand outside a railway station, you know, advertising your business or go up, tap someone on the shoulder and say, Psst, you want to know about my business? It was just all these ridiculous things. But he filled this book, published the book, put it out there. And he said, I wanted to test what response I would get from people when they know that I'm a published author. And I said, oh, yeah. And this hypothesis was that it was going to mean that people took him way more seriously. So I, we were chatting about it, and I said, well, what happened? You know, did you prove or disprove your hypothesis? And he said, oh, my goodness, Vince, I had no idea how many doors would open just by being an author. And it was a crazy thought to me. I thought, well, hang on. The thing you're saying now is the exact thing you were saying before being an author. But for some reason, people listen to you more now because there's that credibility factor, that calling card that you have of a book. But then it made sense. Like if you actually think about it for a moment, the majority of people do not write a book. And that's because if you haven't written a book before, if you've never published a book, the thought of that is completely overwhelming. Like you sit there and go, man, I have to write, you know, 260 to 350 pages uh, of a book. I've got to somehow fill all that with my knowledge. Um, and that is an overwhelming feeling. So most people don't do it. So when somebody comes across you that is now a published author, they see that and they think, ah, you've put that effort in. You've, you've actually taken the time and written your thoughts down and actually written this book. So therefore, that must mean what you have to say is pretty damn important to go through that effort. So it makes sense that people take you more seriously. So at that point, I just decided, Stephen, that's it. I need to be a published author. I, I want in on this game. I want to find out what this is like. Um, at the same time, obviously, I was working. I just finished selling my largest startup, and I had started at Signa Insurance. And I was the chief marketing officer, and I was like, right, okay, I'm going to uh, actually take some of the methodologies that I use that I know help businesses to succeed. It's how I grew my previous startup. It's how we exited for multi-eight figures after like only three and a half years, you know. So, and also I had all this demand from every other Signa market saying, hey, Vince, we, we need your expertise. We want to know what it is you're doing that's getting these results. So I thought, if I put it all down in paper, if I create this book, then not only will it add that credibility to me, but I can just sell this to every single office. <laughs> like I can actually, instead of giving up my time freely because I'm employed by them, I can actually write a book and then everyone will buy that book and I'll get some kind of extra reward for it. Um, so that was really interesting. And I can tell you this, it doesn't matter how many people buy your book, you're not going to get rich. Unless you're you know, Tim Ferriss or J.K. Rowling, and, and let's face it, you're all way too nice to be J.K. Rowling. Um, so <laughs> unless you're them, you're not going to make money off that book sale itself, but it is going to open those doors. And I don't think that has changed at all. If anything, Stephen, I think it's increased. And a good example of this is um, when my first book got published, um, I was, uh, you know, I, I would speak on stages all over the world. I was quite a sought after keynote speaker. Uh, and I would generally charge, you know, two, three, maybe $4,000 for a keynote. And the moment my book was published, I had uh, four different conferences around the world all competing against each other to try and woo me to get on the stage because they knew that now, you know, I already have the credibility, I can already draw a crowd, but now I have a book to talk about as well. Wow, that's going to open some doors. So, um, so I ended up in this bidding war between these four and my price went from that two, three, four thousand $4,000 up to almost $20,000 to speak at a conference. That was insane to me. Um, but then where I started to realize the real power of having a book. And this is what I think has changed a lot now is 
um, instead of just, you know, being an author and therefore they want you to speak in an event, I ended up in a scenario at the end of 2019. So this is all pre-COVID and unfortunately COVID kind of cancelled the conference I'm talking about here. So I never got to go ahead with it. But I, I had a conference reach out to me from San Diego and they said, hey, we would love you to come and speak over here. Unfortunately, we cannot afford your speaking rate because we have a certain budget set aside for speakers and we're, we're targeting some pretty high profile ones, including yourself. And if we get everyone we want, we won't be able to afford it. However, we have another way that we can look after you. And I'm like, okay, I'm listening. And they said, what about if we fly you first class from New Zealand to San Diego um, and we put you up in a five-star hotel because we've got travel budget set aside as well as our speaker budget. And I went, okay, I'm intrigued. So now it's a little bit more appealing. And then they said, but also we know you've published your book. What about, uh, we, we have a whole pile of uh, budget set aside for our attendees. We want to be able to just get a whole pile of stuff for them. So what about we buy 5,000 copies of your book and we give them out to every attendee at this conference. And then we will set you up in the middle of the floor, you know, where, where the uh, exhibition floor with a, a little booth there where people can come and get their books signed from you. So all of a sudden I went from going, okay, normally, you know, to up to $20,000 a speaking gig to now getting way more money than that with the actual overall amount that I'm making from the book sales, as well as the, obviously the speaking money itself. And they would be giving me, you know, 5,000 sales in my book and putting me in front of my target market sitting there building a rapport with these people as I signed these books with them, as we got all the selfies and all these kind of things. So all of a sudden, it became so much more profitable for me and so much more beneficial for me. And this is kind of what led me on to the, the journey of, of helping um, you know, most of my clients become authors because too many times I had seen, and you would have seen this yourself, Stephen, so many people come to you or, or they come up and they go, oh, I'm an author or I'm a best-selling author. And you go, oh, wonderful. And they go, yeah, yeah, it's on the shelf behind me. And that's generally what happens is they publish a book, then they think that was great and it sits on their shelf and that's their little badge of honor. That might be their calling card, but they don't make money from the book. They make very little money from the book sales, but you can make a lot of money from the book itself. Uh, and that's some of the things that, you know, I think has really opened up over the last few years is these unique different ways to actually monetize the book itself. So actually look at how you can use it for a lead magnet, a value add, an upsell, a cross sell, all these kind of unique ways to actually generate more revenue for yourself. Yeah, good story. I like it. I mean, um, I, I'll share my story too. So I had a friend like you uh, who uh, said he wanted to do, he wanted to publish some other people's stories. And um, so he, he, he came to me and, and said, um, you know, for $2,000, I'll let you write a chapter in my book, right? And so I said, I thought, this is what I want. I, 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 I thought, wow, this is a great opportunity for me because I have a, uh, I always thought that down the road when I quote unquote, let's use the word retire, that I would become a public speaker and that I would, um, and I would write, I would write for Inc magazine or all these other stuff. And I've already done some public speaking. I'm very good at it. Um, and motivation, motivational speaking and, and I write and I'm, I'm a very good writer. <clears throat> I don't mean grammatically. I just mean content. <laughs> oh, no one is grammatically. Yeah. 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 I mean, <laughs> That's content. what is for. Yeah. yeah. So, I'm, you know, I'm good. I'm very good at it. I've been told. And, and so I was like, wow, this is a great opportunity for me to see what the process is of writing. 
and to see if I'll like it. Right. And, um, and then I can use it in marketing as well. And so, um, I wrote the chapters or the chapter, excuse me. It's not, it's not a small chapter. It's 28 pages. So that's, that's quite a, you know, good length. And I, I wrote the chapter. What I would do is every Friday during the summer in the United States, I would, um, I'd go to the coffee shop and for an hour and a half, I would write how I built my companies and like, you know, the, the, the timeline with that, so to speak. And, um, I loved the process. I loved writing it. It was a lot of fun. Um, and so they, the, the publisher that did it guaranteed that it would be on the, uh, on the best selling list. And back then you could do that. I don't know if you could still do it, but they, they, they know, they knew the way how to deal with the algorithms. Yeah. To, to get a certain amount of uh, uh, traction on Amazon, and it worked. We were uh, in three categories, best-selling. So, you know, so I love the process. It was really fun. I'm I'm a very organized person, so for me to take an hour and a half every Friday at a coffee shop was a lot of fun. And um, and it was so when I finished it, and I got the the uh, final results of the, the book, right? So there was uh, 11, 12, something like that chapters in the book, all from people like me who had paid this guy $2,000 yeah. to get this done. And I read the chapters and they were horrible. <laughs> oh no. They were horrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were so bad. I was, uh, mine was, I mean, uh, by far, the best yeah it was really there were people who it was just like they talked about their business and why you should use them i don't want to get into all the details yeah. not worth it but i'm not i'm super proud of my chapter yeah i cool. think it's really really good and i use it a lot i give it to a lot of people um some 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 people who are like you know how did you build your business or you know um they, they're asking all those questions of businesses i should say yeah. And, and so I'll give them the chapter. I don't give them the book because I mean, yeah, I have them, but I think the rest of the chapters are just atrocious. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. you know, and it really sucks because the guy who, uh, he's actually a friend of mine and it, you know, I, I, I might've alluded to it that I, you know, wasn't happy with the rest of the chapters, but, but, uh, you know, I would never go to a conference uh, anyway, regardless, yeah. uh, I, you know, so, but it did tell me that I love that. I really, really enjoyed the critical thinking. Yeah. I liked the writing. I liked the process. Um, and it sort of accomplished the goal. And for $2,000, you know, again, you know, I didn't make any money off of it. I paid somebody to do it. Yeah, right. Sure. And I'm not pushing my book. I'm not yeah. pushing the book at all. So, you know, there's, there was no, you know, anything, but so, since you've done that and since I have done that, it's everybody kind of knows a lot about being self-published now. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Well, I, I think they know a lot about the early stages of self-publishing. And what I mean by that is there are a lot of things that you 
Like I, I encourage every one of my clients to self-publish at some point. I really do. Even though I've got a publishing company, I say to them, look, actually the process of understanding that, right? The process, first of all, writing a book, as you said, I like, I don't think I've found a single person that hasn't got into the writing process and then realized, A, I can do this. Oh my goodness, this is easier than I thought. And B, what a cathartic process. Like the fact that they're actually articulating your thoughts down on paper, that's incredibly powerful. It actually helps you outside of the book as well, because when you're, if you're a coach, for example, it helps you to actually explain to people what you're doing because you've had to actually put it down in a book, which makes sense. Um, but then the process of actually understanding self-publishing helps them, A, to appreciate uh, publishers like ourselves that actually do this for a living because um, they realize it's quite hard. But also it helps them to learn a lot of the different pitfalls. And that way nobody can take advantage of them because there are some shady characters out there that say, hey, you know, for $12,000, I will publish your book and guarantee you a bestseller. But all they're doing is basically going, okay, I'm just going to edit it poorly. I'm going to put the cover design on there, whack it, whack it on Amazon, and I'm just going to buy 500 copies straight away. And there you go. You're a bestseller in three categories. Um, so they're making really good money, but you're not really getting the benefit from it. So, so I actually really encourage everyone to go through that. However, there is a lot of stuff that people don't know. And um, the bestseller one's actually a really interesting one there because um, there is a way to work the algorithms on Amazon. And that is by knowing what categories you need to be in. And if you think about Amazon, when you self-publish, they allow you to put it in uh, two different categories. This is called Bizac, right? It's a type of category there. They give you about 180 or something like that in the nonfiction category, uh, categories. And you can pick two of those Bizac categories. And, and that's what most people do. And they go, right, I'm allowed to put it in two categories, done. The problem with that is you're competing with a huge amount of people in those categories. What most people don't know is when they go onto Amazon, you're actually allowed in 10. And not just those Bizac categories, there are a whole pile of other categories you can go in that have very little competition. And I'll give you an example of this, Stephen. Uh, this year, one of my, one of my clients uh, was publishing her book. And we, we always do a report. I've got a, a piece of software that I wrote, which basically scrapes Amazon every couple of hours, but we don't tell Amazon that. Um, but, but it basically looks at all the movement in each of the different categories, looks at all the new books that are coming in there, how these books are moving, then uses that, throws all that data into some AI, which then establishes how many book sales are actually happening in that category and how many would we need to be a bestseller there, um, which is really useful. So we ran a report for her a month prior to, to publishing. Uh, and then we found some really good categories. And then we reran the report a few days before putting it up to publish. And we found the holy grail, three brand new categories. She literally had to sell two copies of her book in those categories to be a bestseller. Now, she sold thousands. It was actually an incredible book. She did very, very well, was uh, topped multiple bestseller lists, including outside of Amazon as well. So that didn't surprise me. Um, but it was just interesting to see that if somebody had to self-publish themselves, and knew about this approach and actually found those categories, they would have been a bestseller with very little effort. So it is it is down to a lot of the stuff that people don't know there. So it's very easy and accessible to become an author, but that's not necessarily what you want to do. Um, so a lot of people publish on Amazon using Amazon's free ISBNs. I highly encourage, even if you're not going through a publishing company like myself, if you're doing it on your own, buy your own ISBNs. Because and if you get Amazon's free ones, they have three digits at the start of that. That means no bookshop will ever put your book in there. No library will want your book in there either. 
So just buy your own ISBNs. If you're in Canada, New Zealand, a lot of other countries around the world, you can actually get free ISBNs. Uh, most of the governments there allocate free ISBNs in exchange for you giving a copy of your book for their library. Uh, in the US, you have to buy them. You can buy them in bulk. You can buy 10 of them uh, off Balco and things for it's it's a few hundred dollars, but it's worth it. Trust me on that one. So, and what's the ISBN again? Uh, ISBN is basically the barcode that you see on the back of oh. a book. So this is what tells all bookshops and booksellers and things like that information about your book. So it tells you who the author is. It tells you what format it is because you need a different one of those barcodes for each different format. Like if you've got a hardcover, a soft cover, or a, a you know ebook version of that. Uh, but it also tells you who the publishing details, who the publishers are, how many pages are in there, all the information that they need so you can just scan it and then it's in their system and they've got all the information at their fingertips. But it's also well, how they order those books. Yeah. Now, uh, what are you are you against the idea of not even producing a hard copy of the book and just keeping a PDF of it? Um, I, I'm not against the idea of that. It means it really does depend on what you're using the book for. And this is the key thing too. This is what every author needs to establish before even writing the book is what is the purpose of the book? If the purpose of the book is to make money off book sales, then you're going to approach it very, very differently, right? You're going to have a whole marketing strategy around driving maximum sales as early as possible. So that way you create momentum, you get on all the bestseller lists, you get on all the recommendation engines, uh, and you really get a, a massive PR strategy as part of that. But if your goal is to elevate your thought leadership, or to generate leads off of these books, then you approach it very differently. And that may mean that you just do an ebook version that you can give away to people. Um, but I would highly encourage, there's no point, uh, or not no point, what's the word I'm trying to say here? Um, it's very easy to also put out a print version. And I, I just believe if you're going through the effort, effort of putting out an ebook, you're putting that on Amazon, you may as well do a little bit extra formatting, put it up there, it costs you nothing extra. Uh, and having that print book there just adds another layer of credibility to you as well. So anybody, the, the, basically the rule of thumb is anyone can produce an ebook or a PDF, but for you to actually produce a print book, that requires a bit of effort, but it also adds more credibility to you. And it's interesting <laughs> as well, Stephen, because a lot of people, they feel like that becoming an author is something that's un and like unattainable for them because of the effort required. But you just highlighted another if another way that you can become an author, which is a collaboration book. Now, the downside of that is exactly what you found, by the way. You've got to make sure you're using a, a reputable company or somebody or you know who the other authors are. So that way, you know that you're actually going to have similar level of competency in the writing and things, because that's there's nothing worse than putting all that effort in. And at the end of that, not being proud of the final product because of other people's efforts. But yeah, there are other yeah. ways that you can become an author as well. And it doesn't just have to be a full anthology book uh, or a um, full uh, you know, memoir or biography or anything. Um, you can do what's called a medium content book. And this is something I experimented with um, this year, just uh, played around with this, just to show some of my clients that sometimes a book can be really easy to write. So what I did was, uh, well, I used to kind of rubbish the idea of affirmations, like, Someone told me, oh, you got to do affirmations. Like, ah, I don't have time for that crap. Come on. You know, why would I stand in front of the mirror and tell myself I'm awesome? I'm already awesome. And they're like, it's not quite like that, Vince. And I went, oh, yeah. But then one of my clients challenged me and they said, look, you're always talking about experimentation, but you've made a conclusion on affirmations without actually trying them. And I was like, oh, touche. Okay, well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to fix this. I'm going to do 30 days of affirmations. I'm going to take this quite seriously because whenever I do an experiment, I do. 
going to do 30 days of affirmations. I'm going to journal exactly what I'm doing, what the affirmations are, how I feel, all these kind of things. Um, journal the process. But I'm also going to study the neuroscience of it so I actually understand what is actually happening. So it's not just this woo-woo concept, that there is actually some grounded science behind it. Um, that 30 days has been going for two and a half years. Um, once I started doing affirmations and understood the power of them, I didn't stop. And once I understood the neuroscience, I'm like, this is amazing. But also, I discovered something about myself because I have ADHD, quite severe ADHD. So therefore, when I'm doing these affirmations, I found all my affirmations were really, really short. Uh, and that's probably due to my attention span. So every single one of them, like, or not every one, but the majority of them were only like five words long. And I just found that fascinating. There's no actual science behind that. But I just thought the whole concept of five-word affirmations sounds interesting. So what I did was produce a book where there's about 35 pages, so it's not hard to write, 35 pages of my journey around affirmations and deep diving into some of the neuroscience of affirmations. So you've got a good grounded understanding of it. And then I detail how to journal that. And then the rest of the book is literally every page a five-word affirmation. That book took me one weekend to write. I produced that. It's a full-size book. It became a bestseller. And it was it's now one of the other freebies that I add out there as a calling card. It's one that I send to new clients. It's one that I send to prospective clients. It's something that I can use to get into conferences and all these kind of things as well. It was very low effort to produce a very credible book. And then the other type that people forget about is um, often most, most people listening to this podcast or seeing this on YouTube, they probably have a whole pile of content they've already written. Um, and a good example of this is some podcasters I talk to where they ask the same question of all their guests every single episode. And I'm like, so you're at you know episode 200 and you've asked everybody for their hot tips on XYZ. I said, so you've got 200 hot tips from 200 different entrepreneurs. Why don't you put that into a book? And we call this a repurpose book. Or if you've got a course and you've written all this content, why don't you put this into a repurpose book? And quite often, you don't even have to do much effort in this. You can give this to an editor and just say, look, I've got all this content. Can you make it make sense for me? Put it all together, structure it in a book format, and then you can put this book out there without actually having to write a single page. Well, you might have to write the intro. Uh, that's usually quite useful. Uh, so there is, it's a really accessible way for people to have that credibility, a really accessible way to become a published author. And more importantly, to then be able to use that as a calling card, to use that as something to send out as a, a lead magnet or a, or a freebie or a giveaway. So, yeah, some just really interesting ways to bring this to life. Yeah, I mean, I always thought, too, like, you know, I was thinking about it in my head right now. Um, yeah. You know, uh, 20, it, at, at time, it, right now it's December 22nd of 2022 for this podcast. But so, you know, it's right around New, uh, New Year's where, uh, you know, some people, many people are starting to look at, okay, what – what am I looking to do in 2023 and beyond? And, you know, I always took um, between Christmas and New Year's to really kind of do that, um, slow down, uh, take time off at work and kind of do that. And, you know, the idea too is you can also say, okay, I'm going to write an article for like some magazines, whatever, mm -hmm. or I'm going to write an article that's, you know, 800 words and put it up on my website for SEO content, yep. right? That drives traffic. It'll help me think, it helped me. Uh, and then you write a whole bunch of those and you put it into a collection of, of the book. And you've brought, you know, you know, I've heard this a long time ago, the biggest way to attack a big problem, such as writing a book, is to break it down into little parts. 
So mm-hmm. this is an example of how to do that. And, uh, you know, um, but it really like, like, you know, even this podcast, uh, you know, I started doing the podcast four years ago. This is, I've done, I have two different ones I do. This is my, um, like around my 250th entrepreneur MBA podcast. And then I have another podcast that I do called the nonprofit MBA podcast, another 250. So it's 500 podcasts. You know, I got involved in it because one, it's cheap to do. Yeah. And number two was, I said, let me see where this goes. You know, let me see how it can be utilized in my business to drive leads. Let me see how I can uh, uh, start to foster what it's like to be a uh, motivational speaker when I retire, you know, it was like, and it was so cheap to do. And the third thing is it's fun, right? So my point being here is you ha- to get started in something, as long as it's not that expensive, uh, you never know where it's going to lead. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's the thing I encourage. I, I was talking to, uh, I actually had someone not approach me for you know the publishing side of the business or anything like that, but um, it was just a friend of a friend who I met. You know, we went and had a pint the other week, and they you know, said to me, "Yeah, oh yeah, I love pints, yeah, pints <laughs> and whiskey. <laughs> actually, pints." Are I, I always, I'm hearing, I, I'm constantly hearing. Oh, I went to see this guy. We had a pint. Oh, I, man, I tell guy, you, if, everyone's pint. figured out, Stephen, that um, the easiest way to get time with me is, "Hey Vince, we'll buy you a pint," or "Hey, we'll buy you a single malt scotch." I'm like, "Okay, you now have my ear." <laughs> but it was just a young guy who'd been through this incredible journey. And he said to me that he's always wanted to be an author, but he knows that he wouldn't become an author. And I said, why do you think you're not going to become an author? And he said, oh, because obviously it costs too much money. And, you know, you've got to pitch so much to different, you know, um, publishers and they'll reject it and all this. But the reason he wanted to write this book is he had been through this tragic past. Like honestly, he'd been through this incredibly horrible childhood. Um, he'd been through persecution. He'd been through abuse. Been through all of this different stuff, and he really wanted to talk about how he came through the other side of that. And I'm like, I'm listening to this young guy, and I'm like, okay, I just need to be very, very clear with you. I said, first of all, you are going to write that book. I don't give a crap what anyone has said to you. Anyone who said to you it's too expensive, they're idiots, right? Just ignore them. Anyone who said to you you can't write a book. Um, just walk away from them or give them a slap. Like, seriously, you need to write this book because your story is going to help so many other people. And even if it only helps one, two, three people, that's worth the effort. Effort, Because what he's been through, he needs to show that hope to others. So, so I just said to him, you have to write the book. And I said, and the other thing too is you don't have to go through a publisher. It's free. And this is the bit that people don't realize. You can do this yourself. You can edit your own book. I don't encourage you to edit your own book, but we have tools like Grammarly, like the Hemingway app, like different apps like this, where you can actually get feedback directly from this AI to tell you, hey, this is a grammatical error. This is a spelling mistake. This sentence is too complex. Maybe restructure it. Uh, You can use these kind of tools to write your own book. You can then format it. There's plenty of templates out there that you can use for Word or for Google Docs. There's YouTube videos that are available for you to actually see how to format this book. Then you put it up on Amazon, which is free of charge. And if you really want, if you're in a country that, you know, if you're in the US and you can't afford to buy your own ISBN, then do use the free one on Amazon. Uh, But you just get it up there, get it published and get that story out there. You never know what's going to happen from that. And you'll be surprised. This is the crazy thing about this. I teach this stuff to people. I teach them how to become published authors. I teach them the doors that it opens for them. 
And I, you know, I kind of joke about the fact that now everyone's going to take you more seriously because you've got a book. But the irony is that's exactly what I do. When people pitch to me on my show, like honestly, if they lead with, hey, I'm the author of such and such a book, I find myself subconsciously going, oh, they must know a thing or two. Then I'm like, oh, wait a minute. That's literally what I'm telling other people. But it works. It really does. Because again, you see that they've taken the effort. They've taken the time to put those thoughts down on paper. So don't delay on it. One of my clients, um, they like there's a whole pile of people that'll tell you there's certain rules for writing, right? They'll tell you you have to structure your book in a certain way. They'll tell you you have to do this, you have to do that, you have to write for you know uh, half an hour a day. You have to do all these different kind of things. But I can tell you now there are no rules, right? Those are only the ways that people found worked for them. That doesn't mean that's going to work for you, and it doesn't mean it's the only way that's going to work. I had a client who um, kind of made me anxious, to be honest. Like she was like, right, I'm going to write my book this, but I can only commit a few minutes a day. So I'm going to write for eight minutes every day, even in the weekends. I'm like, eight minutes? Like, that's just so random. Okay. So she wrote for eight minutes every single day. And I said to her, look, let's look at how we structure the book. And she goes, no, 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 I've got a better idea. I've just got like all these different topics. I'm just going to write a chapter on all these topics. And then at the end, when she had finished, she literally printed them out, put them on the table, not good for the environment, by the way, but <laughs> printed them out, put them on the table and just went, any, mini, miny, mo, what order should I put them in? And I'm like, oh my goodness, this is, you're, you're breaking every rule. Instant bestseller. That book was amazing. And it didn't take too long with eight minutes a day for her to really get into a flow, to really get this book churned out there. So there are no rules. Just start writing. I highly encourage everyone to do that. It's such an amazing process. So on that, on that idea, we have a couple of minutes left. Let's give our listeners some suggestions um, that, you know, we already talked to the ISBN you know, we talked about just getting started, just do it, right? Well, what are some other suggestions that you have? Oh, one of the main ones is um, is look at the purpose of your book. Like, honestly, this, this is the best advice you can ever get around book writing is what do you want to achieve from this? Because if you start from that premise, like I always say to people when you're starting your book, like, yes, there are no rules, but try and do this. Think to yourself, when someone's read my book, what do I want them to think? What do I want them to feel? And what do I want them to do at the end of that book? In other words, when they're finished, you want them to think something, feel something, do something. If you can articulate that early on, then you write towards that purpose. And that'll stop things like distraction, imposter syndrome, all those kind of things that, that generally come up every time you're writing a book. Um, but then the other thing is, it really is just start writing. And once, once you've got a manuscript ready, that's when you can actually start looking at how do I want to get published? You can publish yourself. You can use... Um, like a you know traditional publisher, you can go to them. There is some downsides to traditional publishing. You need to understand is you know they you know they don't do any of the marketing for you. Um, this is something that most people don't realize. Uh, but also they have certain structures of books that you have to adhere to, uh, and also you make less money off them. We just got to be very realistic about that. But then there's indie publishers, there's hybrid publishers, there's companies like mine, which is a shell publisher. So what it is is a bunch of really talented editors, designers, and marketers who know how to make money off these things. So it's a very different approach. So if you're coming to me going, hey, I want to write a fiction book, we will turn you away. We'll turn you to another publisher. We're we're working with people that want to make money from these things. So yeah, so just definitely start writing. That's the best advice. And if you are overwhelmed by that process, then think about maybe using a medium content book. Like what is something that you can, you can churn out that is very low effort, doesn't require writing on every single page or these kind of things. Some of them, um, one of the clients at the moment is writing a journal, but they're writing a whole pile of stuff around journaling, around mindfulness, around 
uh, meditation, all these kind of things. So half the book is them writing all this. And then the next half of the book is literally pages that people can journal in. So it's a very accessible way for you to come, become an author or just grab a bunch of other individuals who um, who you trust their writing ability and look at doing an anthology book, look at doing a collaboration book like you were in, Stephen. So if you can get something like that and put all this together, then all 10 of you, all 12 of you, however many authors there are there, I wouldn't recommend over 15, um, will become authors together and you're on the journey together. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, the other two things I would add to, number one is, um, to, you know, to your list too, is, you know, potentially look at someone like Vince or, you know, um, to to help you right from the very beginning. Cause you know, I think one of the things that, listen, I'm very self-motivated and, but that's highly unusual. I'm very organized and structured. When I say I'm going to do something, I get it. I, I do it. But um, you know, they gave me a deadline. I stuck to my agenda of doing an hour and a half every single week for almost uh, two and a half months, maybe. But I, if you, you know, I, I'm not oblivious to the idea that, um, that I am self-motivated really, and I get things done. That's my skill set, by the way. Um, but if you have someone like Vince or somebody else is they'll, they'll hold you accountable, you know, and make sure you get it done. Uh, the other thing I would say too, is make sure that, um, they have a copywriter that they have, that's going to look over your work because I was not happy with my, the copywriter that they looked over my work. Uh, you know, I felt that there was, um, I, I felt like I gave it to them. I felt like they made minimal changes and, um, and you know, I wish they had made, uh, I wish they had done a better job. So yeah. I'm really, really proud of the work that I did. I, I can't tell you how many times I used this, um, chapter that I wrote for various different things. Um, um, but I'd like, uh, Vince, you said you want to be proud of, I was not proud of the book. Yeah, and uh, I'm not exactly proud of the copywriting that the grammatical errors that I see now because it's not. It, it is very difficult, Stephen, to find a good proofreader and a good copywriter. And even talking to um, like so some of the some of the authors that I work with, are, you know, renowned authors. Like one of them, um, I won't name him here because I'm about to reveal something about him. Um, but one of them here, like he's written one of my favorite marketing books ever. I reread that book every year. It's just that profound. Um, but he was joking with me about the fact that when he did that book, he went through 27 proofreaders, 27 different people reviewed that book. The first piece of feedback he got on the book once it was published was someone who emailed him and said, oh, there's a spelling mistake on page 145. Wow. And he wow. goes, you've got to be freaking kidding me. Wow. But it was an interesting thing, though. He, it helped him to really remove his expectation on those kind of things. He said, look, Vince, there is no such thing as a perfect book. Yeah, there is I no think such perfect, thing as perfection. Right. Yeah? I mean, there's different levels of professionalism yeah. in this business. And, you know, I think, you know, people get it. Yeah. Um, good. So well, one of my uh, editors did try and read uh, Fifty Shades of Grey and, uh, and then literally threw it across the room because there were so many grammatical errors and spelling errors. It was like, how the hell did this get published? This <laughs> a rage quit. It was hilarious. You don't want to get to that level of bad, but Grammarly can help you get to even better than Fifty Shades of Grey, that's for sure. Um, so yeah, but I, I do encourage, and like you said too, having a book coach working with you, um, really it's about that accountability, but it's also about the encouragement because you are going to face self-doubt. That is just fact. You're human and you're trying something that you've never done before. You're going to hit those confidence issues. But I can tell you now, having a good book coach working with you can show you that you can do it. 
And that's the main thing. You need to be empowered. You need to feel encouraged and you need to just keep writing. There's your, your there's your affirmation, right? Yeah. Yeah. So good stuff. Uh, I would like to thank so very much, uh, Vince Warnock from Chasing the Insights for coming on today's podcast. And if you like today's podcast, please feel free to share it with a friend and also subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. Please also give us a review as long as it's five stars. And uh, that really helps the word get out. You know, the Entrepreneur MBA podcast now has over 10,000 subscribers. So it's really uh, done well. And if you're looking for a line of credit for your business, you can call us at 862-207-4118 or visit our website at fscreditline.com. That's FS as a financing solutions, creditline.com. Vince, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, how would they go about doing that? Oh, Stephen, I make it so complex. No, I'm kidding. Um, just go to chasingtheinsights.com. Um, that's the home of everything for me. My podcast is there. My books are there. Uh, you'll see links to everywhere you can connect with me on social. And you'll see links to a free strategy call. Highly encourage you to uh, book some time with me if you're curious about becoming an author or you just need some marketing help. It's free of charge, no obligation. It's just my way of giving back to all of you. Great job, Vince, today. Thanks for coming on. Um, so the uh, summary for today that I would uh, suggest, and I, I, it's, I think Vince talked about it. The summary that I would just say, and I'll use my own experience in this, is get started. Just get started. And you just never know all the benefits. I can't tell you the benefits that I've gotten out of the chapter and all the benefits I've gotten from writing the chapter and uh, doing the podcast only because I started it. Um, hey, it's much that way about entrepreneurship, right? The the difference between an entrepreneur and someone who says that they want to be an entrepreneur is the entrepreneur did it, okay? Everybody in the United States, let's just say, it is an American way to say you want to start your own business, but so many few of the people actually do it. Yeah. And then even farther, so many people are successful at it. And then, you know, I'll pat myself on the back. It's very unusual to have somebody like myself, and it's just going to sound egotistical, who's had six successful companies. It's just really unusual. I mean, so when sometimes when I meet somebody who's had a, a successful business, I say, oh, yeah, go do it again. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, uh Anyway, uh, that was a little, you know, pat on my back. I mean, it was a self-affirmation. So uh, anyway, I wish everybody a fantastic new year. Uh, please take some time to compliment yourself on what you've done. And I love New Year because if you had a bad year, it's over. If you had a good year, yeah, compliment yourself. Have a great day.